You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Matt, the vocals of Cryptopsy, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I hang out with fellow metal musicians and we talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. In case you missed it, on October 26th at Turbo House on St. Denis Street in Montreal, I am hosting the very first one-year anniversary party for the Vox and Hops podcast. It is a very special night. I'm super excited. I will be conducting the very first live interview with a very special mystery guest, whom I shall be announcing next week during the intros of my podcast next Friday, so stay tuned for that. I've also ordered the very first Vox and Hops branded glassware. This sucker's a beautiful 9-ounce tasting glass. It is exactly the style of glass that I like to use when I am at home, tasting craft beers in the comfort of my house. It has the classic black Vox and Hops logo on it. I'm super excited to receive these so that I can start taking pictures of them and sharing them out to all of you so you know what to expect. But what are you going to do with a glass in your hand all night? Well... I went and I brewed the very first collaborative Vox and Hops brew alongside the great people of Micro Barasserie Le Fermentor from L'Assomption, Quebec. We brewed a delicious, hazy New England IPA that we have called Highway to Hops. So, in the description of this podcast is a link where you can purchase your tickets right now. With the ticket comes entrance to the party, you get the 9-ounce Vox and Hops branded tasting glass, and you get one free serving of Highway to Hops. Today on the podcast, I am with Ash Pearson, the drummer of Revocation. Here it is, Vox and Hops, episode number 74. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today I'm with Ash Pearson from Revocation. That's what's great. up, brother? It's been a long time I haven't seen you. Long ass time. It's always good. Whenever I see you, I'm always happy. Yeah, likewise. There's just something uh, something about Canadian metalheads. Yeah. We just bond together. Yeah, definitely. Or is it the fact that we met on the boat? Huh? Oh, uh, oh, you know, it's funny. I actually remember when I met you. You had sort of just joined Cryptopsy, and it was like back in uh, 2006 or seven. That's or correct. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. And that's when I first met you. Uh, at the the Cobalt, uh, fucking right! I remember in, that show. In, uh, yeah, yeah. So it was like a different configuration in the band at the time, or whatever. But yeah, um, I was at that show, and I would just remember thinking, like, God damn, you guys sound awesome. And I was like, Wow, this guy can really sing too. And then we hung out afterwards. I helped you tear down Flo's kit uh, a little bit. Uh, Gene Hoagland was there with his um, his uh, soon to be fiance, and uh, so I met her for the first time that night too. Laura Christine, shout out to her. Absolutely, and uh, shout out to Gene. Yeah, I, re- I remember that show. You do? I remember that show very well because yeah. at the end of it, the owner of the Cobalt in Vancouver was so drunk, uh-huh. and she was just whipping glassware yeah. yeah. against the walls <laughs> saying, Go! Yeah, that would be Wendy. Wendy Wendy 13 is her name. Yeah, she's well, shout a, out, Wendy. You're very, very <laughs> memorable. Jeez, it's hard to forget her. Yeah, so yeah, I met you maybe about 13 or 14 years ago. Yeah, well well before the boat, actually. Oh, yeah. my bad. Yeah, well, that's why I'm here. We were both probably drunk that night, so... I also, another vivid memory of you is you showed up at Armstrong Metal Fest, yeah, and yeah. you brought a bunch of craft beers, so I knew... Good, yeah. I don't remember people's names. I don't remember people's faces. IPA guy. It, it was a Red <laughs> Racer IPA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, at least you remember that. I that remember you, beers. Yeah, That's yeah. It's funny. Yeah. No doubt. So, 
let's talk about you. Yeah. Let's talk about how you got into this crazy world of metal drumming. Right. What was the soundtrack of your youth? Uh, so it's uh, I was started playing drums when I was 12, and it was like uh, like. Um, much music that sucked me in uh so like staying up late at night and i would be exposed to like new metal around the time so like it was like 1998 so um i mean even if you're not a fan of new metal like the shit that was going on like in 98 was you know better than it became or whatever so like you know like the slipknot pantera kind of like corn kind of bands like just whatever was on fucking much loud i didn't know anything about anything and we didn't really have internet much back then you know just like slow dial up or whatever so that's right so i would just stay up late i'd tape loud i'd watch it over and over again like the the weekly episodes and then i'd be like oh obituary is sick oh fucking you know sepultura whatever they were playing at the time even some like just like weird shit um, and then I started like playing with bands a little bit guys who were older than me but like I was 13 and I was still kind of figuring shit out and they were 15 and had kind of figured out a little bit more than I did about their instruments so I had some catching up to do but then I remember somebody play, played me strapping a lad when I was 14 and I was like I was all into like the like simpler uh, like metal vocabulary and then when I heard that uh, not just the production I was like I was like whoa like I don't even know what this drumming is like the the double bass was, was like so fast the rolls were so fast and like everything was just coming at you so quickly and it was also like kind of dirty production it was like City by Strapping a Lad and, such a good album yeah yeah and uh, I was just like oh shit um, I gotta like get into this more like I wanna get into some crazier shit and so that's uh, that's when I took a bit of a pivot so I was already like s sold my soul to heavy metal but then <laughs> but then I was like oh this is like the real shit and that was I, the rabbit hole that was the rabbit hole for like extreme uh the complicated but tasteful drumming for me was Gene yeah it's funny, eh? and then I, I I know because I know you, and as you just mentioned, you came to the show with Gene. Yeah, you ended up becoming friends with him. Yeah. How was that moment? What did you feel when the person that influenced you yeah. directly to start playing more extreme drums yeah. becomes your friend? What is that like? Yeah, no, it was really really cool, and I was really young when it happened, and because he was living in Vancouver, because like I I'm from Vancouver, Canada, for those who don't know, and. Uh, Vancouver, uh, like Strapping a Lad was essentially a local, they, like they were a local band in that they all lived in Vancouver. So like you would see him at metal shows and that's when I was, I was cutting my teeth playing like live metal when I was like maybe 16, I think was my first show, maybe 17. And, and Gene would come out to the gross, dingy, disgusting metal clubs. He'd come out to the cobalt and stuff like, mm -hmm. we, were just, like we were just talking about all the time. And, uh, and that's it, where the, the bands he liked played. Yeah. So he, not only did he play in strapping, he played in uh, like a bunch of uh, Zimmer's uh, Hole. He played in Zimmer's Hole, which I, I now play in. Do you? Yeah, I'm the drummer for Zimmer's Hole. Fucking right. Yep. Shout out to Zimmer's Hole. Totally, yeah. one of my favorite bands of all time, and his too. And uh, you know, and so he played in a couple local bands from Vancouver that nobody's probably ever heard of, called Punch Drunk, which was a great band, and another band called Just Cause, which I eventually took over the seat for. So. So I became the drummer after him, so I had to learn his parts, and he sat and coached me through all of his parts, which was cool. Like, I sat in a room with him for, like, a couple hours, and I played the songs that he wrote, so I played them for him, to him, and he'd be like, oh, that was good, but this part needs work. This is what I'm doing. And, you know, he's coming from an ambidextrous left-hand lead uh, kind of brain. And so I learned a bunch of shit. And this is, like, maybe 18 years old or something like that. But anyways, like, going back a little that bit. That must have been very stressful, though. Uh, no, it was fun because we were really f familiar with each other. And he was very encouraging. 
And um, but and at the end of the day, no one's ever going to do it better than he is, anyways. And you kind of just need to rest easy on that fact and just kind of do it the way you would do it. You know, um, he's just like special. You can't really top him uh, necessarily. But um, but yeah, he started coming like he would come out to shows, and then he started coming out to my shows. My old band, uh, Angel Grinder, that was my first band. And we were pretty good. It's a good and band name. It is. I it's like not it. bad. Yeah. Angel Grinder. And uh, yeah, he would come out to shows and he'd help me like tear down my drums and shit. And then when he started playing in in town with local bands, I would go and tech tech for him. So I'd set up and tear down all of his drums and he'd pay me and I'd just and I'd, I'd watch him play. And like I, I teched on on uh, records. I teched on like um, a strapping uh, record. I, te- I teched on um, uh, Zimmer's Hole record. And uh, and live for him a bunch of times, so I just learned like kind of via osmosis. He's not the kind of guy who would like sit in a room with you and show you a bunch of like licks and like like give you sheet music and all that shit. He would just be like, "This is how I play this" or whatever, and you kind of just watch and you'd ask him questions. And it's like, and the main thing about that dude is like, it's a lot of it is like conceptual. You know, it's like um, it's he he would always say like drumming's like ninety or ninety five percent mental, and then the rest is physical. So um. You know, and the other thing I noticed about him is like he would treat everybody just like so splendidly. Uh, like just he's always been very nice to me. Strangers, complete strangers at shows, and not only that, he'd like remember your name if he Mm. if you if if you didn't know him, he met you one time, and then you saw him like a month later, he'd remember your name or whatever. He made like he was just that's a gift. He's just like that. Yeah, totally, absolutely. He's very very smart dude. So, yeah, um, he's always influenced me, and then. I got to do a thing with him at Drumio where I got to be the host and uh, and he was the teacher. So I, I got to um, it was the, the highest viewed lesson that they ever had. Um, uh, and it was really, really cool. And that was an honor, too. But anyways, um, enough about, enough about, enough Gino, about him. We love Fuck. you. Let's talk about you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> why, but why the drums? Why did you start playing drums? Uh, yeah, just like visceral. But, it was vi- you know, probably like any other metal musician, it was just like you were just sort of drawn to it for whatever reason. For me, it was just like I, I loved like the... the 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 tone the tones of of the drums and so it's like I I like I would I would watch or listen to a, to music and then I and then I just like find myself like just remembering the song in my head and then being like kick snare kick snare or whatever <laughs> like you know I'd be like just like singing that to myself uh, ah, and then I'm like oh shit maybe I like drums and <laughs> that's cool <laughs> yeah yeah you know I didn't know why or how but there you go. Vox so what, and kind hops, of, what kind of beer you got? Yeah, here? Vox and Hops is all about craft beer and hanging out with metal musicians. Hell yeah! Today I brought you a special beer because I know you're a special guy <laughs> and that you like craft beer. And I went to my craft beer store yesterday and I was super stoked to find the Hipa Number Six from Brasserie du Bas Canada. This is uh, liquid gold. It is a hazy IPA. Oh man, it's delicious. Let's see what the sucker's got. Six point five ABV. Yeah, it looks amazing. I'm Great label. Pour this out. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, this man has poured a beer before. There's very, very little head on there. That's an excellent, excellent form. Oh man, look at that. Yeah, you see the color is beautiful, beautiful, dank, hazy. Yeah, yeah. You smell it on the nose. Mm. It smells oh. like it smells like mango juice. Oh man. Cheers. Delicious. Buddy. Sante. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Uh, Cheers. Prost. Uh, Prost. <laughs> And it's perfect. Oh it's um, fruity, uh, creamy, um, not overly dank, really, more just 
smooth, smooth, very, very uh, drinkable. Yeah. Absolutely delicious. Wow, I really, really, really like that. Yeah. Do Let's talk about craft beer. I know you're a craft beer enthusiast. Yeah. Uh, what got you into beer? Into beer? Uh, I Well, geez. I, I want to shout out my friend uh, Kevin Ems. He, he's the head brewer at Granville Island Brewing. Really? Do you know where that place is? Of course I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's the head brewer there, and he's a heavy metal drummer. And he's a, he's a great dude. He's a good friend of mine. And he, he first told me about your podcast. No he's way. Like, he's like, do you know the singer from Cryptopsy? I'm like, yeah, I actually know him. And he's like, oh, well, he's got a, uh, you know, Vox and Hops, he's got this podcast. And I'm, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And he's like, yeah, you should go do it someday. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I will. And I think I hit you up. And now you did, here we, I remember. Yeah, now yeah. here we are. So I love anyways, how life works. Shout out to Kevin M's, uh, the Hell of Catharsis. Yeah, good drummer. To Kevin. Yeah, yeah hell yeah. Um, and yeah, anyways, uh, I, I did some brewing with him actually at, at Granville Island. Um, he like sort of showed me some of the stuff there. And then uh, we did, we uh, made a spirit as well at, at one time. Uh, but, but going back to like, I mean, I'm not sure what got me into like, because I brewed beer for a little while just at home. So I did some home brewing. And so I just, like, went and out, bought, bought the equipment and just sort of sat and figured it out because I love to cook. So I was like, oh, well, it's like it's kind of like making a soup and then, you know, you fer- ferment and, you know, let it sit or whatever. And, and I made a pale ale for my first time. I did, it w- did extract brewing, but it was uh, very, very successful. Like, it was... It's delicious. I, you know, I drank, I drank all the whole batch or whatever, <laughs> you know, slowly over time. But, uh, but it was uh, turned out great. So, um, and then yeah, it's just like started to get into it more and more. And it, it would be like uh, my old band, Three Inches of Blood. Um, we would go out on tour. Those dudes like to drink shit beer, but I would like bring a bunch of like I'd bring like forty eight like good beers with me. Uh, so I could just have like a couple each night of stuff that I well and truly liked, you know. Would, would there ever be a time when they've gone through all of their shitty beer and it's late at night, yeah. and then they turn to you, yeah. and they say, "Can I have one of yours?" More, more than I care to remember. <laughs> yeah, I would hide my shit too. Yeah, I was like, I'd be like, "Nah, man, fuck, I ran out yesterday." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you remember your first beer? Mm-hmm. It was it was kokanee and it was like behind behind like um, the school and it was like I didn't like it because it I don't know I'm like I'm like oh beer sucks and like but like I'm allergic to a lot of shit and I think I was maybe like just whatever corn syrup they might use or I'm not even sure if they do but it's like it was just it wasn't quality beer right so I was like oh I don't really like this and then then eventually I had a good one and I was like oh I love this this is awesome you know. Um, but the one that sort of, I, I don't really remember the one that did it for me, you know, but it was probably like a pale ale or something like that, where there's a little bit of more, uh, more hop, hop to like it. Like a flavor profile. A fla- yeah. There's exactly, there's something that, yeah, a flavor profile. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, where probably it's not pale. just refreshing and gets you drunk. Yeah. As, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was more of a, you know, toker anyways. What, uh is the moment that you're most proud of in your career. In my career? Oh, my God. Um, I don't know. Because play- you've done a lot, you know? Yeah, we played we played Vakken in 2008 on one of the main stages, uh, Three Inches of Blood, and then we played to a full crowd, and it was really pretty special. And then we, we, we did uh, a bunch of stadium shows with Slipknot, too, back in, like, 2012 or something like that. That's fucking amazing. We did, like, eight of them, and it was really fucking crazy it was like really quite something you know just like it's some of the best live sound i've ever experienced um and uh so that was really cool and then just like you know like meeting and becoming friends with people that i grew up listening to and loving or whatever you know that those are all like little like huh 
you know, kind of moments uh, like like uh, it's a big triumph personally for my for myself or whatever. But those are some of the bigger ones in terms of, you know, and then getting getting an endorsement and not having to pay full price for stuff. I mean, I'm like, oh, <laughs> especially, thank God. especially being a drummer. Yeah. It's the I'm most like, expensive. Oh, uh... <laughs> I remember when I when I, I had my first pair of sticks and I and I first broke one. I didn't know that you had to buy more. I was like, I was like, oh, that's weird. My fucking drumstick broke. So I'm like, I guess I'll just duct tape it back together. So, of course. Yeah. So I still have it. It's got duct tape all over it. And I'm like, uh, you mean I have to buy more? I'm like, oh, fuck. This is an investment. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, touch on Three Inches of Blood. Um, the band is defunct, or is it just on hiatus? Like, what state is the band at? Yeah, we, we're, we're done. We played our last uh, two shows, uh, so, sold out two shows at the Commodore Ballroom. Such a nice venue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know you played there before, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twice, uh, I believe. Yeah, I thought yes. I saw you guys there. Um, but, uh, yeah. So we played two nights there, and it was really, really special. We brought up a bunch of old, old members and uh, played some songs and a ton of people there and uh it was it was great and by that time i had already been i had just joined revocation because i knew like okay we're breaking up I, I filled in for revocation then they offered me the job and i'm like well this is a perfect move right now because like we're three inches is done or whatever uh finishing and then uh yeah and then i just it was a pretty seamless transition but yeah um three inches i i December 2008, I got the call, and then we went on tour in January. Two, uh, sorry, December 2007, January 2008, we went on tour with the Black Dahlia Murder. We were main support for them for like two months. So it was it was Black Dahlia, us, Hate Eternal, and Decrepit Birth, and that was my first real tour I ever did in a van. You guys sort of almost stick out on that. Yeah, I know. You're we a bit stick more out melodic, on. We, yeah. we always stuck out on most of the uh, tours we were on. We did a tour with uh, Hatebreed and Typo Negative one Whoa. time. Okay, that was one of Typo's last tours before Peter died. Um, and it was hosted. It was like sponsored by Jägermeister, so there was like money involved, and then it was just like you know, it was fucking one of the best tours I ever did in my life. Just because it was so much fun every single night, and uh, Hatebreed was a fantastic band. They they won over typo negative fans. Like imagine that, which is hard to do. <laughs> yeah, they're like polar opposite music. But Jamie Joss, he's is just like, such a front man, such yeah. a front man. He just he got he got like all the people dressed like the crow, fucking like <laughs> you know, pumping their fists to. The their music it's like whoa damn <laughs> there there would be no vox and hops if it wasn't for the jasta show so huge shout out to jamie jasta really yes no shit absolutely oh cool man what is one misstep that you wish you could take back um maybe uh having a little bit more formal training when i first started um i always like sort of played by ear and shit like that um and it's like i find that, uh, a lot of the work that i do nowadays is like like trying to like just get back to basics um, cause like I got the vocabulary, but it's, it's always, it's, it's about like having the technique to express it. Um, so, you know, yeah, it would have been good if I had a proper teacher for the first couple of years, um, to help me out with like, you know, better technique, but, but you know, I'm like, I've corrected that shit mostly anyways. So, um, but still, uh, I'm, and then maybe protecting my hearing a little bit more too. Oh uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you at a point where I'm starting to get a little bit of tinnitus, nothing too crazy, but, uh, you know, I just like, I don't know, it's just hours and hours of going to shows and playing. It's just like, I'm not sure if there was ever a way around it, you know? 
It's just maybe the one of those things. I, I've been told that you have to learn to love the sound of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the, the advice that I've received. Right. By a, yeah, yeah. An older gentleman who's a, quite the big rock star, Frank Marino. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Nice. Mahogany Rush. Uh, <laughs> yeah, told nice. his, said that... Uh, Told his nephew mm-hmm. that uh, you need to learn to love your tinnitus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, ma- I'm making friends with it, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, so maybe those are the those are missteps. Yeah. If you could travel back in time and be on any of your previous tours and live it again, what tour, what lineup would that be? Yeah, d- definitely that that Hatebreed Typo tour. Loved it. Loved it. It's fantastic. Just just a fun time all around. It was really fun. Yeah, everyone got along, and uh, it was just like, yeah, man. Everything about it was like kind of a lot like larger than life, yeah. and uh, you know, it was like two months long, and it was just like everyone was really really cool. Oh yeah, the other the other thing that I love so much about it is that um, Johnny Kelly and Kenny Hickey, the guitar player and drummer from Typo Negative, they would uh, open up their dressing room every single day, and they'd have uh, kiss parties. <laughs> so they That's they, so badass. They'd take a, their dressing room and then they'd put they'd have somebody put up like you know cardboard cutouts of the members and like they they'd buy shit they'd like put up kiss clocks and lamps and shit like that and posters and then they'd just like blast music like uh and then and then be they'd be like hey come everybody come party and like you know come like drink our booze basically and so we'd hang out with them like all the time at kiss parties. That's very commendable. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so you know, it takes we, a lot of effort to do something like that. I know, man. I really admired that effort. And then, uh, you know, uh, we wouldn't just listen to Kiss. We'd like listen to Rainbow, or Deep Purple, or like whatever. But, um, but yeah, th- those were just like so much fun. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Let's go back into beer, back home. What is your favorite brewery? Brewery. Um, local, local Vancouver. Local stuff, yeah. Um, there's Moody Ales in Port Moody I like. Um, my friend Kevin does good shit at Granville Island. I really like some of the stuff he, he brews. And then uh, Parallel 49 I'm a fan of because they're always like messing around with stuff. Uh, they've been around for a minute, um, and they try cool stuff. Um, and what would be like your go-to style of beer? Uh if I'm if I'm gonna, I like to go big. Uh, Russian Imperial Stouts, are, absolutely are, love those. Yeah. yeah, those are like my f- my favorite. Like just like blacker than the blackest black, <laughs> and, and uh, you know just like almost on the soy sauce end of things. Oh. You know what I mean? Not maybe not that crazy, but like get getting there. You know, a good like twelve percent Russian Imperial Stout, aged in uh, well bourbon barrels. Maybe, bourbon barrels, yeah, maybe I guess. I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, I like a good German Pilsner as well, like a Pils Urkel or something like that. Um, which I think that's Czech, right? That's I think. It's a Czech beer. But, I believe uh, you're right. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, a Czech Pilsner or German Pilsner. I like. You They're know. both pure. Yeah, and delicious yeah. and great. Yeah, day drinking. Yeah, 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 and uh, <laughs> and uh, and then like uh, IPAs, like the good hoppy pale ales, or, or just like straight up like crazy IPAs, like hopped, hopped like like this delicious, time. like that. Hipa from Barasarizuba, Canada. Mm. This is Hipa number six because they do a bunch of different uh, hop variations. I'm not quite sure which ones these. Uh, are. Man, that's a delicious beer have you ever have you i don't know if you have if, if you have i'm wrong and i should know this is a is there a revocation beer have you ever done that thought about doing a collaboration with a brewery yeah we we have thought about that uh we've like talked about it with some people and just never it just never came to fruition uh what would that be what style of beer would that be we've talked about that before it was it would i mean 
because we we got the outer ones as our latest record. We were like maybe thinking the stouter ones kind of thing. You know, it's like it depends on the play on words like uh, that would make it clever. Um, uh, yeah, uh, but then there's like there's other ones. Uh, we like sours too. Yeah, yeah. Among, sours are fucking awesome. Yeah, amongst the bands, so um, it it could be any number of things because we're we're such a fan of like so many different kinds of beer. It's kind of just like what what will work uh, for the brewer and like something that we could also market in you know as it relates to our music as well. When you started drumming, you said Gene Hoagland was a big influence. Mm. If you look around now. Gene was like one of the tops in the scene. He still is. Yeah. Who would you think right now is the top extreme drummer of the moment? The top extreme drummer in the moment. Oh man, there's so many good guys out there. It's like really crazy. This dude, uh, J- James Stewart from uh, uh, from Vader. He's he's amazing. Really, really, really good. Um, Alex Rudinger is unbelievable. He's a good friend of mine, but he's like he's super. He's just like I've never met anybody more disciplined than than him. Um, John John Rice, uh, he he played in Job for a Cowboy, but he he's played with like Behemoth. He plays in Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats as well, and uh, he's like a, a consummate metal drummer. He's like really really great. Um, yeah, I mean, man, there's so there's tons. There's so many good ones out there. I mean, Flo Flo's always you know Flo's the man. He's really he's at good. the top of his game right now. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 dialed everything into his fine science. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> it's about yeah. He's been at it for a long time. I mean, I, and I would expect nothing less from him because he he kind of goes when he does something he does it well. So yeah. Is there something in your playing that you're still struggling with? Something you're not satisfied? With? Is there like a like a moment every night that you're like motherfucker? I I did it. Uh, 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 yeah, it yeah, worked. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what uh, is that? S- yeah. uh, speed and con- and, and uh, consistency and relaxation. Yeah, yeah. Speed speed's a hard one for me sometimes because it kind of it kind of for me that like the variables kind of matter a little bit more when it comes to playing fast. Like uh, just like what um, how the mix in the room, like the, the monitor situation and stuff. It's kind of like how well I can hear myself. Uh, and then just like trying to relax, we're just relaxing um, more during the fast parts and stuff. You know, just for, I mean, playing fast is hard. You know, for at least for me, it is. Uh, it takes a lot of like work. Whereas like our hands or feet or just everything in general. Well, yeah, both. You know, but it's like, and I think it's also because it's one of the things that I practice the least at home. You know, going fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't pursue actively like pursue blast beats like often when I'm at home. I ac- actively pursue different styles of playing, and um, and like just other stuff that will improve. Uh, like you know, just my broader scope of rhythm versus uh, just drilling and stuff. Blast but beats, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which which is. Which I like, but I, I usually don't focus on that until it's like time to go do a tour or something like that. To so. get yourself into shape. Exactly, yeah. yeah. What would be a band that you listen to that you think is uh, people don't know about? Mm. A band that people are sleeping on? Um, well, n- maybe not enough people know about Burnt by the Sun. That's yeah, of one, course. Yeah. one of my favorite bands of all time. Dave, uh, Dave Witty. Witty. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. the beer king. I just had he, him on the podcast. Is, Shout out to Dave. Beer, he is the beer king. Yeah. Just had him. Yeah. 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 He's, uh, yeah, he's also one of my favorite drummers. And uh, some of those Burnt by the Sun records were just, like, un- unbelievable. Just insanely good drumming and production and riffs and all that stuff. So maybe a lot of people don't know about that. Um, oh, yeah, there's this uh, this other band called Ethel Duaf. Oops, yeah, I don't know that one. Yeah, no. yeah. So they, they had um, a couple uh, records on Earache. Um, and then they, they did, like, two or three afterwards. And then they broke up a few years ago. They were Italian band. 
um, I actually just did uh, an article um, on on the drummer that they had on their first two earache releases. This guy's like, uh, you know, he's like 65 years old or something like that. But he's like, he's a jazz drummer, but he played like in a metal context. And it's just like, it was like some of the best drumming I've ever heard in my life. Because he's like, he's like super schooled and, and smooth player, but... Um, he like just he he does jazz and metal like in such a way where it's just it's a perfect marriage and and the and the riffs and the music is 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 insane and um, so I felt like not enough people knew about this guy so I hit him up and and I shot him some questions and put an article together. Is that but, something you do? Where where do you publish art articles? Uh, I've done it before. Yeah, yeah, and like it kind of I don't know. It's not I'm not consistent with it, but I was just like, hey, I'm like, god damn it, people need where to was know it, about this Where guy. was it published? Uh, just on my website. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, just on my website because like I don't really write for any publications. It's just something I wanted to do. Um, yeah, ashpearson.com. It's like in like the news or the articles or something like that. I got a bun- bunch of stuff on there. I got a book that I sell. Um, I, I transcribed uh, the, the performance from our last album, The Outer Ones, and then um, and then put it into a PDF. And I also sell physical copies and people can like, uh, buy that you're shit. playing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah, the it's entire... Like tabbing it out. Tabbed out. Yeah, the entire Of the record. drums. Of the drums. That's yeah. badass. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. fun. It took, me, it took me a while. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are playing the full album. Yeah. The Outer Ones. Yeah. How does that feel? What is that like? It's, yeah, it's fun. It's fun because, like, I played on all that shit, so it's like I can, like, you know... I can stand by all the parts, and they're they're all ve- already very familiar. And um, you know, the first couple songs are uh, you know they're bangers. So I got I gotta make sure I'm all well and warmed up and stuff like that. But uh, I'm, yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. Take me through a, a typical warm up. What is what is your warm up? When does it start for your set? Yeah. You know, how much time do you need? About forty minutes, give or take. You know, I just I start with basic stuff, like just very very basic stuff, um, singles, doubles, paradiddles, all that kind of shit. And then and then I, it's just things like like I'm trying to ramp up uh, the speed and stuff like that too. Uh, so I do that I do that slowly. You know, I start. Okay, that's good. I start. I start nice and slow and just like ramp it up until like my mo- my muscles are like relaxed but like and moving fast you know with with very very little uh, like effort involved you know and then then when I get to that point where I'm actually kind of just like bree- breezing through faster tempos or whatever um, then then I feel like I'm kind of good to go and maybe I'll work on like a little bit of coordination stuff um, the m- important thing for me is to not try and warm up with anything that I don't already know mm-hmm. you know some people will be like hey let me try and mess around with this jazz ride pattern thing or whatever it's like it, unless I already know it like the back of my hand I'm not gonna do that it's just gonna throw you off yeah yeah it's, it's better just to reinforce what you already know because that's the shit that's your that will be most useful to you one last question mm-hmm. when was the last time you were nervous nervous uh, anytime I cross a border, <laughs> yeah, for for no reason other than like I just know they can mess with me if they want to. Um, I don't really get nervous when playing and uh, too much. Uh, you know, if I make a mistake, I try and like make sure I don't stay nervous about making mistakes because that's you'll be way more likely to make a mistake. I call <laughs> it the, the the spiral, yeah, the black spiral. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> the, I'm yeah. trying to avoid the black spiral at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> it's very stressful. <laughs> Ash, thank you so much. Thanks, for sitting down with me, sharing a great beer, Vox and Hops. I really appreciate it. I appreciate. So it. stoked to watch you guys tonight, in Montreal at Corona. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thank you so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that.
Ash is such a cool dude. Uh, as we mentioned in the podcast, uh, it was a long time standing that we wanted to conduct this interview. And as soon as I saw he was coming to Montreal, I hit him up right away. As soon as I saw that flyer with the Montreal date on it, I was like, it's happening. And it did. And it was cool. It was a great night. Uh, it's always nice to... Uh, to hook up with people that you hadn't seen in a while, and he even repped his Vox and Hops alumni shirt on stage, which uh, made me feel really good, and I really appreciate that. Ash, thank you so much. I can't wait to see you again and to share more beers with you. As always, if you have any suggestions, any recommendations, you can always send me an email at matt at voxandhops.com. That's M-A-T-T at V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S dot com. And I love, love reading any emails that I receive from any Vox and Hops heads, I really appreciate it. Whether it be somebody you want me to interview, some beers that I should be checking out, some albums that I should be listening to, uh, just just send me an email. I love it. I love it so much. I hope you guys have a great weekend. It's Friday. Enjoy yourselves. Remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.